Welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a periodic discussion with guests from around the But Why Though writing community, brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in the nerd pop culture community. Episode 16, we're back, rested and ready to ask the big questions on the topics that make us go, But Why Though? I'm Aaron, and this week I'm joined by the man voted most likely to grow up and become Shin Ultraman. It's CJ, of course. What's up, guys? Not to be outdone, though. We also have Nisha, our resident expert in all things anime and ready to take you to school on it. Say hi, folks. Hey. How are we feeling this week, guys? Are we good? Are we happy? Busy, yeah. but happy, yeah. I can. Yeah, you know, we got through January, and I, I, I will take that. I was going to say January, the long, longest 300 uh, days of the year so far. So, But we survived. We did. We got through it. Now we can move on to 2024. Hooray. All right. This week, we're talking about uh, some awesome news. Uh, the one big thing that caught our eye uh, for the first thing that we want to dive into is DC's film and series announcement from James Gunn. Uh, our topic this week includes a great discussion on reboots versus remakes versus revivals. And lastly, Nisha, CJ, and I will be talking about all the good things that we've been watching, playing, and reading that we think you should be interested in too. All right, so let's get stuck in. Um, this week, obviously, James Gunn had a massive social media announcement for everyone uh, unveiling his chapter one um, of Gods and Monsters for the DC Universe. Now, obviously, he separated, uh, he clearly said in the video between, you know, you've got Matt Reeves' Batman and anything else that's DC that's currently in existence is kind of considered an Elseworlds, like, you know, outside of the, the current existence. And he, he's, he, I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I love that we're talking about this when our topic this week is reboots, remakes, and revivals, but he is <laughs> rebooting the DC universe once more. Um, so his announcements were that the slate of movies that we should be coming out uh, will be uh, in existence to some of the other ones, including, I think, Aquaman 2, uh, The Flash movie. Um, CJ, help me out. Which which are the other movies that are still in production that are, I guess, coming out? Blue Beetle is There's Batman Two, the Matt the Matt Reeves Batman, yes. right? We have the Batman Part Two. We have the Joker sequel, uh, Aquaman right. and the Lost Kingdom, The Flash, mm -hmm. Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Blue Beetle. That's the other one. There we go. There we go. So they they are all happening, and I guess the only Matt Reeves is the only one that's kind of ex excluded, but. I guess it seems like from what he was saying, the Flash will be the last one out and it's set to kind of reboot the entire uh, DC universe, which will lead into his current announcement of movies uh, such as Superman Legacy, uh, The Brave and the Bold, uh, Swamp Thing, The Authority, and Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Now, The Brave and the Bold, I believe, is the Batman title, correct? Yes, CJ? correct. And it will focus on yeah. Batman's son, Damian Wayne. That's right. It's a father. That one's a father-son story. And then, not to be outdone, we also have series coming to probably HBO Max at this point. But um, Waller, which will focus on Amanda Waller, uh, Lanterns, which is obviously the uh, Green Lanterns, um, Creature Commandos, Booster Gold, and Paradise Lost, which I believe that last one is based on Themyscira. Yes, it's a prequel Ooh. that uh, set on Themyscira and takes place before Wonder Woman. You know, gets off to mankind. And it's I, I, the the description we received was it would be something akin to a Game of Thrones style um, Amazonian story. So that's that's quite the bar to set already there. So, uh, Nisha, I guess what did you think of the announcement? What 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 does this do to you as a as a, an entertainment fan? Like does this does this get you excited? Honestly. I want, Please, my bat I want my Batgirl movie still. <laughs> I just, this is all exciting and stuff. Like, I am excited about Waller because I have been wanting more Amanda Waller, and I'm hoping that me it'll also. Viola Davis, man. I'm, I am fine if it's going to be similar to How to Get Away with Murder, but with Amanda Waller, I, that sounds like <laughs> a delightful evening and binge. But, and Lanterns, like, I'm more excited about the series than the movies honestly just yeah. because i'm like 
Henry Cavill is no longer with us in the DCU. Um, Brave and the Bold does pique my interest, but again, we don't no longer have Batflick either. Like I actually enjoyed that like those castings, but I I'm willing to give them a shot. But I I I see these announcements and I'm just like, but y'all have a whole finished Batgirl movie just sitting on a shelf. <laughs> One thing that ca- caught my eye, I guess, was was Lanterns. Um, so it's gonna be what Hal Jordan and um, John Stewart, baby. I'm blanking on. John They're finally Stewart, letting John Stewart on his eyes. Like, it's about time because that is the yes. guy people think of when they think of Green Lantern. Like when the uh, Ryan Reynolds movie came out, I literally had to explain to people, no, Hal Jordan is the first Green Lantern. But that says a lot that people think of John Stewart when they think of Green Lantern. Yeah. And apparently they will be yeah. investigating yeah, exactly. an ancient horror. And all I can think of is Blackest Night because. Well, I was going to say they they again. Uh, James Gunn used a lot, and I appreciated this. He used a lot of like parallels to kind of like, and again, when you do that, I think you set an, a level of expectation as far as kind of what you're like because it, it's even in tone and style, like you know, um, I, I mean, even in like it, like the age appropriateness, I guess yeah. you know what I mean, where they're aiming like mature, like or family, like. And he, he compared this one to True Detective. And right off the bat, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's it's not that that's a little darker than that. Let's that could be a little heavier. And again, Swamp Thing, we've already seen um I think that was on DC Universe back in the day. That was I actually enjoyed that one. It was really good. Um and I, it would be interesting to see them continue in that like darker tone. Um so it, it it's interesting, I think, with with some of the stuff. CJ was I guess was there anything about these announcements that kind of really like got you you amped up and excited? Swamp Thing, a Swamp Thing movie. Like <laughs> ever since the Swamp Thing series was canceled, I thought, oh good lord, we're never gonna see the big plant boy again. But a Swamp Thing movie, and and folks, yeah, James Mangold, who gave us one of the best comic book movies ever in Logan, has been circled, right. approached to direct it, and I'm just like, oh <laughs> my god, you know what? Make it a reunion. Bring back Hugh Jackman and Swamp Thing. I'm just saying. That would be awesome. <laughs> I think the yeah. other thing... Yeah, no. Yeah, and I think the other thing that stood out to Go me on. is um, Creature Commandos, because that's an obscure one, but it's right up Gun's Alley, because yeah. it has a whole bunch of monsters teaming up and fighting crime, and it has the weasel from Suicide Squad, so that should be fun. Yeah, I was going to say, James Gunn definitely likes his um, obscure titles and stories, because he, he tends to kind of thrive in the gray mm-hmm. and creating some of this stuff dc like lives on hbo max and hbo is very much an adult premium you know streaming service um and i think some wonderful things can, can come from this so i mean again I, I just look at you know the suicide squad and what he's done with peacemaking like everything he's i mean i still can't he's passionate about comics i love that like it shines through in all of his projects and i love that and he, he gets character and i think that's kind yeah. of what had been tricky because like yes batman superman wonder woman etc are big but you got to make the audience care like i think a big part of what made marvel take off is they made people care about you know guys like captain america iron man guardians of the galaxy etc and now gun wants to do that yeah. with other characters so that is beautiful and he's doing the story stuff and saffron is doing the business stuff which is also great because everybody who's yeah Everybody's like, we need a Kevin Feige, we need a Kevin Feige. But the thing about Feige is that he understood the story stuff and the business stuff. And having Gun tackle one area and Saturn tackle another is good stuff. So yeah, that's my two cents. To to be fair, to be fair though, like even in relation to the Feige comparison, I I still don't, I still I still think it's unfair yeah, as, yeah, yeah, in yeah, a yeah. way because like I don't well I more so because like just thinking of it from a business sense, like I don't think one person should do everything mm-hmm. yeah because there's, it's too much on one person's plate and i think the combination of saffron and gun being able to work together and shifting responsibilities allows you to kind of keenly focus on you know like you know two the two of them together it's kind of like the combination make for a mm-hmm. great team to be able to cover more bases you know what i mean yeah. like you've got two people who are gonna tackle things from a business sense and then you know from a storytelling perspective so i i think you've got one person who's got strengths in uh, in one area and one person in, in another and I, I think that's just only gonna 
help. Whereas I think, you know, sometimes with Faggy, I think it just gets a little muddled. And then again, it becomes kind of like, well, if it doesn't pass his sniff test, then it's just done. Versus now you've got both of them kind of having to collaborate and coming to a joint decision. Mm. Um, And hopefully that, you know, they will be challenging each other and it's not just going to be like they're they're both yes, you know always other. of the same mind yeah yeah, yeah. cuz hopefully that's what we'll get the better of so um i mean it's going to be interesting i mean i, I like i said I, I feel like the tone and the interest in dc is significantly turned around and it, it you know but for years it's just been such a hot mess it's just um, felt like it's it didn't have and like I, I understand people a direction a direction and a lot of people equate direction to like Feige like oh Feige had a plan and all that yeah. and then he executed it on it but I'm like y'all I agree like it all should not rest on one person because it's kind of like look at Tyler Perry oh, that doesn't always yeah. work out well <laughs> writing directing producing every he yeah um, this is not me bashing Tyler Perry I'm just saying sometimes people just kind of get lost in what they're doing and they you you need a second person you need a team you need a, you need a reality check yes you need you you work at something so closely and you like you're just in this bubble eventually and you just you have tunnel vision on it eventually you need to take a step back but when you've been working so closely on something and you're passionate about it but then other people yeah. are just like okay this works for you will it work for the fans too and for the yeah. non-fans so it's like i feel like that's what it's sometimes a downfall for these studios. It's like you have to take a step back, and it's like, and then also, is it true to the series? Because mm-hmm. like, or are you well, that's I guess that I fits? guess that's gonna be I guess that's gonna be the interesting thing because at some point he's gonna have to ruffle feathers because mm-hmm. there's no way you can always bring directors on. It's like anyone who's been in any position where you had to hire people, the initial interview can always come across great. People can sound fantastic, but you know. At the end of the day, you know, the proof has to be in the pudding. So, like, with some of these directors, and it, it, again, it's happened. We've seen it at Star Wars, we've seen it at Marvel, we've seen it all kinds of different movies and shows where the initial vision of something just doesn't line up with, you right. know, what people were thinking. And, you know, that's going to be the part where it'll be interesting to see how involved Gunn is and if he's able to make those decisions early on, whether it's in line and if these all have a standard that they have to meet where it's good enough. And like, not everything, not every one of these shows or titles is going to be for everyone. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I think we know that at this point that there's just going to be titles out there. And like, why should really they? Me. And why exactly. should they? Like, exactly. I'm not expecting Waller to be something that's for everybody. Yeah. It's not for your kids, probably. No, no and, and, it's definitely yeah. not for your kids. And I'm pretty much expecting <laughs> yeah. Swamp Thing to be just, you know, uh, moody horror, which again fits Swamp Thing, but again, yeah. don't bring your kids. Especially if it's yeah. James Mangold directly, because Logan was bloody as hell. So, but that was a good thing, mm. though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's going to be exciting. It's it, it's just nice to hear him talk. And it wasn't even a whole lot of fanfare. Like, it was really low-key the way he was kind of talking about it and again it was just it was nice to get excited about just announcements and just it didn't have to be this spectacle of a thing that you know something the rock would do um so i'm excited so but again we've all been banned by dc many 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 times before so i guess we'll we will all wait with bated breath to see if they actually deliver and some of these big, big promises coming in the future. Fingers crossed. Just give but, me Blue Beetle. Uh, please pr- deliver on uh, Blue Beetle. I have good okay. news on that front. Just, Even if the Flash oh, does, please. you know, reset everything, Gunn did confirm that Blue Beetle is canon to his new universe. So, Thank God. Okay. Jaime Reyes deserves the world. That. So. He does. Um, and I want Jaime Reyes to become more... I mean, like, I know he's popular for a lot of people and a lot of people love him. But I feel like on a large scale this character deserves that moment to shine and to be like a household name like it's just a cool yeah. story it like, like it's such a blue cool beetle story. should be dc's answer to spider-man basically yes yeah yes exactly oh i can't wait i'm excited like a new generation of kids just hyped about blue beetle imagine that plus a latino-led superhero film yeah yeah yep. exactly yep yeah, it's gonna be good fun. That one, I'm excited about the one. the The artwork for the poster that came out looked just mint, just so good. Mm-hmm. Very excited for that one. 
All right, excellent. Well, now it's time to get in on a topic of the week. And of course, we are talking about reboots versus remakes versus revivals. Uh, in recent memory, it's a topic that's obviously got a lot of attention, whether it's Disney rebooting animated movies, me many, many animated movies <laughs> into live action slash digital, or the three different versions of Spider-Man we've had in the last 20 years, or even recently with the just exorbitant amount of video game adapt adaptations. And yes, I am willing to split hairs on that last one by calling them cinematic remakes. So we decided to put this topic to our panel and ask them three important questions. So we've, usually we go by point by point. We're going to do it a little differently. So our three questions this week are, are there too many remakes, uh, reboots, remakes, and revivals? What separates a great reboot remake and revival versus a truly terrible one and can original ip survive in this landscape now one thing before we go into it let's clearly define what we're talking about we had the discussion before we even launched this a revival is obviously a continuation of a previously established story um something like picard uh, icarly uh family and uh, something like dexter right something they come back and it, it's a continuation of that story after many years of a break a remake a, a remake a remake is redoing essentially the same film or show that has been done before where versus a reboot is regenerating the basis of an original story but updating and rewriting so it's not the original show but like a newer version of it something with a different concept a different angle Okay, so we've got those definitions. All right, so, Nisha, mm -hmm. are there too many reboots, remakes, and revivals? Yes. Go. <laughs> Done. Podcast over. Done. Thank you for listening. No, I, and this is this tricky thing. When I look at, like, researching this topic a little bit, I just decided to, like, research how many we've had. Without fail, every year there's at least probably 10. And that that's lowballing it. There's at least ten remakes, and that's including like TV shows or like in films. And ugh, I don't know about y'all. I just feel like, I mean, Netflix has like a plethora of remakes that they've just turned into like new series or like you said revivals, like Fuller House, and like to oh, yeah. to just like pump out and like obviously yeah re the reboots and revivals are a quick way and remakes are just like a quick way to pump out content and you know it doesn't take i'm not saying i'm not trying to bash anyone's work it just seems like it's a quick win when people are like we need a tv show for this slot or we need something new for the spring um yeah. what was a popular show 20 years ago that we can bring back like if somebody said they were going to bring back family matters People will go up for that, but at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want that. I, I, yeah. But people would watch it. People would would tune in for it, and it's just, I don't know. It's like it's that nostalgia thing. Like people want to recapture it. But to answer the question, not to go. I know we're gonna get into a little bit deeper. Yeah. I just feel like there's too many, um, which sucks because there's a lot of original stories out there. But I just feel like it always gets overcasted by. The amount of remakes and reboots and revivals it's it's an interesting point you make as well like um looking at it from an overarching point of view year to year because i think we we had a discussion not long ago in the discord and our, our man matt in the tower matt man as i call him um he made a very astute observation coming into 2023 it was someone posted about you know the latest slate of films coming out and saying oh who said the cinema's dead? And I think there was 29 titles. And I believe of those 29, I, I want to say there was only two or three of them that were original IPs mm -hmm. with no... Uh, I think the majority were either sequels, uh, massive franchises, um, a reboot of something else. Like Everything had some sort of connection, but there was only two of, of 29 that, that were exciting only two or three of them were original and it's kind of sad right. i mean think about remember that year we had like five snow white movies oh jesus oh god and then this no year, i i don't want to remember. i don't i don't i think chris hemsworth was in one. Oh my yeah. god that's yeah it was a snow white and the huntsman jesus. i believe yeah. and then there yeah. was um what was it pinocchio last we've had three pinocchios last, year, last year three was it three i thought it was only two we had uh 
Guillermo del Toro. Toros, the Disney ones, and I think there was another one. Hold on. I, I do feel like there was another one, but it's it's completely escaping me. Yeah, like, we can come back to it. But yes, yeah, so yeah, it's the Pinocchio ones, kind of. They even did Matilda as a musical. There's such a stark contrast between those. Yeah, like there, there's just a lot. Like last year, like I'm looking at a list right now. Like yeah, Hellraiser was out. Um, Firestarter. Uh, a man. Um. Yeah, I said Matilda. They turned that into a musical. Ah, Pinocchio, yeah. A True Story was the third one. So then we're three and three. Oh, gotcha. There you go. Yeah. So, CJ, what 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 do you feel like? Are there too many? Yes. And to, yes. And to piggyback off Nacia's point, it's kind of two factors, I think, for this. One, I think a lot of people think that there's something for everybody, no matter how, like, um... We're getting a Frasier revival, and I can I say this yeah. as somebody Why? I I say this as somebody Frasier was not a show that had that many fans, and I am one of those few fans. So yeah, I didn't mind the original. Yeah. Like I used to watch it every now and again. But they, but they, but they kind of, I, like, uh, but, but I think a lot of these uh, folks kind of underestimate the uh, the uh, appeal. Like again, mm. going all the way back to the Disney remakes, Maleficent was more or less sleeping beauty tone from point of villain which okay it's an okay idea but the execution yeah. was eh but it took off and everybody thought oh we want to see more and i'm like no mm-hmm. no you, you, you did it yeah. the point point was to see angelina jolie hammered up as maleficent we didn't want every one of these in live action and to be haunted by the digital ghosts of mufasa and pinocchio so there's Ugh. that and there's also the <laughs> taking a risk on like an original idea versus you know a safe bet like Mm. if you know if i walked in and said i have this cool time travel idea a studio might waver on this but if i said i could connect it to back to the future they'd probably throw money at me and say make this movie so it's a safe bet ironically hulu has a had a show called reboot that was about this very same process and it was pretty good oh that's right just got canceled. Yeah, it just got ironically uh, canceled. Dang. <laughs> Screw your original idea about reboots. They probably got just wheels within wheels. They probably just felt like they were coming for them. Honestly, Let, let's be it honest. Was way Hulu too also has How I Met Your Father. So, yes. which I guess doesn't fit in any of these. Well, no, because some of the characters from How I Met Your Mother show up in that How I Met Your Father. Like a, that feels or, like a. That feels like a. I was going to say. I think it's. Because it, it, Neil Patrick Harris, I believe, just appeared yep. in one of them. So yeah. in some weird way, it's a revival. Yeah, but it's like completely. It's not originally. People thought it was going to be a spinoff where the mom, like of yeah. T- Ted's kids, was telling the story. About that's I guess that's the weird thing as well. Like like a lot of these like examples. Sometimes there's there's an element of kind of like it's almost feels like a crossover. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's kind of like part revival, part like remake and like trying to capture those same elements mm-hmm. yeah. yeah dexter was a great example because mm-hmm. it was picking up where the original series left off but it was also trying to correct the last few seasons which nobody liked so mm. which i think that leads into an interesting part like as far as kind of like i think that's typical i i you know i'm going out on a, a, a you know on a rant here but like it it's almost saying like I think often I feel this way at least is, you know, some of these reboots, remakes and revivals sometimes, oftentimes like the majority, it just feels like they miss the mark. Like it it does kind of feel lazy in a sense Mm -hmm. that it's a quick money grab. Like you said, CJ, it's the element of an existing franchise. Like there's a fan base there. There's a proven set of data that says, well, this did pretty well. It has, still has an active fan base. There's no reason why if we do it again, it shouldn't do that same thing. But I think there's sometimes a mi- misunderstanding or a, a misconception that like if you do this, the money will come as opposed to, well, you missed the mark as far as like, what was the concept? What was the thing that really grabbed people? Because you're looking at the outer shell as far as saying, if I do X, Y, and Z, it should just work. But it's kind of, Sometimes there's those deeper levels, those yes. deeper layers. And, and sometimes it really is like it was good because it was a product of its time and it represented the time frame. 
it's just not applicable anymore. Right. Like sometimes these things really just need to exist in a vacuum. And they were like, yes, this was great. Then it was a flash in the pan. It was just, it was a thing that happened that we all loved. You can't do it again. Mm-hmm. It, it, try, it trying to strike gold in the same place or have lightning hit twice. And it, it just doesn't always happen like that. Yeah. Like if they try to, and I'm trying to think of one in my brain, it pops in my head. It's like Goonie, the Goonies. Yeah. It's just like the Goonies is just perfect as it is in the setting that it is. Yeah. Because if they tried to do the Goonies today, even if they like, oh, we're the kids of the Goonies. I was like, I don't care. Don't. Yeah. Don't do it. I don't care who you children are. Don't. But it's like, yeah, you could try to tell that story and make it original. But at the end of the day, we know what we're going to see. They're going to just do some. You're going to just try to emulate yeah. the story and try to capture the magic. But with a more up to date feeling. And yeah. I feel like that's a that's one of the biggest missteps that um these comp- like these studios make is that like you said they miss the mark and uh, they you try so hard to recreate the magic or um try to do something different and then it goes completely left so it's no longer what it was supposed to be or like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't even like resemble what it was originally about like and I I. A great example of like, you know, all these is kind of like, well, aside from reboots and remakes, I guess it's like more of a revival. It's like the Star Wars franchise. But I think it's because you can literally tell thousands of stories in the Star Wars franchise, but you picking up with the Skywalkers and continuing the trail, like after the first two trilogies, and then we got another trilogy. But then it's like, you have the Bad Batch, you have the Mandalorian, you have all these, but at the end of the day, essentially they're revivals of the Star Wars franchise, or it's just, they're continuing the story, and there's like billions of people. So like, there's, you can have an original story with a revival. I feel like Star Wars proves that you can do it well. Yeah, because, I mean, you've created a huge existing franchise, a huge world of things that, like, there's so many different points of view and stories you can tell from within mm-hmm. that and still make it feel fresh. Yeah. Um. All right, so I guess that brings us to our next point, which very nice segue there. Um, what separates a great reboot, remake, and revival versus just a truly terrible one? And there's two... Um. There's two in my mind that stick out. So I don't know if anyone's seen the British uh, the British show, The Inbetweeners. It's a comedy about uh, four young lads who are transitioning in that awkward age between 16 to 18, and they're like trying to get into universities before they can drink. And <laughs> it's just that awkward age where you're kind of seen as a you know a somewhat of an older teenager bordering onto a young adult, but you're not quite there. Uh, and it's just awkward, and the the right none. It's funny, and it's it's just hilarious. It's a it's a great show, um, but it is very 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 English, um, and it's hilarious. It's great. Now they tried to do a reboot of it, um, for the American audiences and with a met like American kids and adapt it with American comedy. But the problem was it was an MTV show, and the British mm-hmm. version was all all slang all cursing and it was just like it was on the bbc now the bbc has a 9 p.m watershed after that 9 p.m water uh, watershed time it's assumed that if you let your kids up past 9 p.m and there is swearing and there is nudity that's your fault it's not even considered like oh you have to buy a premium channel to get this kind of content it's like no after 9 p.m if your kids aren't in bed that's on you as parents Mm -hmm. and there's a very clear line and it's known in our culture um but with the American audience, they, they had tried to adapt it. And it, I, I remember when it aired, the American version aired in the UK, and it got ripped to pieces because it was just terrible. It was mm. just awful. Like, it was just so watered down of, of what it, the original concept versus what they tried to do, like the cultural, it was just bad. It really was terrible. But then an interesting, like an alternative for that was The Office. Uh, the British office was mm. funny, like people loved it, but I, I don't think it made it past maybe two or three seasons um, versus the American office went on to be a huge hit, like sensational. It went on for nine, nine years and just the amount of cameos that you can go back and if you go back and rewatch it, it's insane how many people go in. But that really took off 
Like it really kind of took the essence and the core of what the show was about, adapted it to some to some local Pennsylvania customs and cultures, and they made it feel like so much more relatable. So that that's always kind of what jumps out to me as far as kind of like the the, the examples in this one. But CJ, I guess for you, what what separates a a great uh, reboot remake revival versus just a just a terrible one? If the person doing it knows what makes the core work i always go back to this in storytelling go to the core of what makes it work to piggyback on that uh, uh to go back to our dc decision what makes why people didn't click with batman versus superman because i don't think they felt like batman versus superman versus something like the suicide squad it kind of felt like you know like you know what happens when you put a team of supervillains together and yeah so yes and a good example works recently is the Proud Family Louder and Prouder versus Velma. The former yes. <laughs> the former picks up where the Oh, you've just opened oh. a can of worms, CJ. Everyone's squirming uh, in their seats trying to get their opinion mm. on now. So the Proud Family Louder and Prouder picks up where the original Proud Family left off and it stays true to core what it is. It's, you know, Penny Proud and her family dealing with stuff and, you know, being a black family, especially and it's updated with stuff that, you know, like they have a new classmate who's an activist. You and her parents are and are two men in a relationship, and they deal with that. And one of the latest episodes of the season reveals that one of the proud family members has autism, and it's actually dealt with in a kind, carry way, not you know, oh, autism is a disease, or oh, it's a magical superpower that makes you smarter than everybody else. It's in a raw human way. Compare that with yeah. Velma, where Minnie Cowling is just like, oh, I know everything about Scooby Doo, and I gonna flip it on his head and it doesn't really work it where is scooby-doo how can you have a scooby-doo show and not have the damn dog because also I mean, what they've done with fred is just horrible cj i love that you bring up velma and the proud like the proud family um series uh because i think those are like perfect examples of like velma definitely just feels like this should have been pitched as an, an original idea but like you said um they will just like oh okay laziness let's just put scooby-doo on it but like not do but it's it doesn't look anything like scooby-doo or those characters that you all love and it's like shows like even like i love the new iCarly um that revival it works well because they made the plot fit the issues that and like the comedy like the comedic level of like people our age because carly is our age yeah. <laughs> like she's an adult she's 30 but yet she's still like who she is and was, but like the show grew with her. So it's like, I I just have a hard time with like shows that go a completely different direction, but we, yeah. like, we, we know what makes a terrible one, you know, it's just like, why do y'all like, I, I don't understand how hard it is to like work in the sandbox, work with the foundation that was laid first i think and then know. try to elevate it because i think the proud family i just want to add that i think the proud family is a great example of like it started off with the foundation that it was it's a cartoon about a black family and like penny growing up um growing pains and like becoming and like just finding her way in the world and now it's like up more updated to fit some more serious topics i would say but also like it's not sugarcoating it like shoot Back in the day, Proud Family did a Islamophobia, Islamic phobia episode. And it's like, so they've never really pulled punches on stuff. But like, even yeah. now it feels like them even doing an episode about autism. That's amazing. And I think that's very fitting for where we're at today. Exactly. Honestly, my prime standard for a reboot is uh, the 2004 Battlestar Galactica. Because that took everything about the original series, you know, the Cylons the race through space and updated it for that era. And it, and it, and it mm. went darker, but still kept that same spirit. And it was, you know, able to build upon the original and new and exciting ways. So that is proof that you can take a pre-existing series and make it better. I feel, I feel like strange new worlds is kind of yes. like doing the same thing as far as like the original star Trek, you know what I mean? Like, it's trying to reboot and you know re-energize for lack of a better term like some of those original stories and just making them fun again like it's that same 
you know, group dynamic. And it, it's just very interesting. Like, there's plenty of great examples out there. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think of, um, I forget the year it came out. Um, the the latest Transform, uh, not Transformers, um, Power Rangers film. I genuinely enjoyed that. I thought that was a really good reboot of a, a franchise. And I was looking forward to seeing a sequel. Unfortunately, it fell yeah. through and changed yeah. hands. But I mean, I like the the TMNT, the like the live action. Yeah, I I like that series. I know not everybody likes it, but I'm like, if the ten if the turtles were like mutants today, they would look like that. <laughs> I would want them to look yeah. like that, and it felt like the comic book. Like it, yeah. there was some like the grittiness of it. If I'm like, this feels like the comic my dad told me about. It's it, it's it's so strange, isn't it? Because like for for me, like you know, I I remember growing up watching like something like Quantum Leap, mm-hmm. and obviously now there is there is a a rebooted version of that and i just can't bring myself to watch it just because like the original was just such a, a thing of its time and it was just it was so good now if you go back and watch it it's cheesy as hell and the graphics are really bad but i still love it because it's also wrapped up on a level of nostalgia just it reminds me of a time when i was a kid and it mm. just i don't think personally i can go back and have that same feeling recreated because I you can't i'm i'm in a completely different place in my life but then it's strange because i look at something like so for anyone who knows me knows i am I love dark crystal absolutely mm. adore it it's, it's such a strange film but it, i grew up with it I, and again it, i i don't know what it is about it the story I, I just love it so i was so hesitant when they were bringing out um the sequel uh, the prequel uh series on netflix but I absolutely fell in love with it. I adored it. I thought it was so good. There was such care and emotion taken mm-hmm. with it. And even with the voice casting and everyone who seemed to be involved as someone who had a connection with the movie and w- wanted to kind of do it justice, even though it had been 30, 40 years since it had originally been filmed. This is, you know, random Jim Hempton film. Uh, but it, it was it was it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it. I've watched the series a couple of times and I'm so disappointed they didn't attempt to try and continue it on so um it it is really a strange thing when you break it down because sometimes you you do invest a a level of emotion or attachment to some of these things that Mm -hmm. you remember and i just don't know like all the time if if it's if it's the show itself and if you can get to the core of it or if it's just something in you that it captured your imagination at a, at a point in time. Yeah. Mm. Um, I know for some, so for one thing, for positive, if you're doing mm-hmm. it, any kind of reboot, remake, or revival, just don't cast the rock. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be a terrible sign for any that. I just don't know. I don't know what it is. Like he seems to want to do all of these things. Like I, you know, I can think about a handful. Like Baywatch. Baywatch. Why? Yeah, Why? he was a Baywatch, wasn't he? Yeah. And a Jumanji. Yeah. Why? And Jumanji. What is a revival, remake, or reboot that you actually want to see? And do you think it could be executed? Do you think it could be executed well? Oh, oh, I've got one. Okay. Me, 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 me. <laughs> Um, gargoyles. Yes, yes! I, loved, yes! I loved gargoyles. Oh and it was my so god! Good. And you could just and bring back the I... voice cast. Yes. Yeah. Keith I, David is still kicking it, people. Keep, an, keep. He is. Yeah. Give it. Keep man. it animated. I am fine with that, and I I think it it doesn't need to be done live action because I do worry about like the yeah. technology digitally. Keep it animated. I think Powerhouse could do something. And awesome don't ground that. it. Don't ground like I feel like that's one of the that's going back to like uh-huh. we said like what makes a bad re, like yeah. I'm just gonna say triple R is just like they try so hard to ground it and then it loses what makes it special mm. in the first place. Yeah. That's a really good one. Mine, even though we just you know said we just complained about Disney, I want Atlantis. Well, I was gonna say Gargoyles is a Disney one as True. well, so I'm just as guilty. Well, it's mine are three. <laughs> it's Atlantis, um, Treasure Planet and hercules and i and i know hercules is happening but i want my black muses i want my gospel choir and i know that's probably not gonna happen but like i think hercules aside since that's already happening i really do think atlantis and treasure planet would be great um live action adaptations 
I think I love that they're two. I don't want them to be Pixar movies. I don't want them to be three D yeah. animated because they they they're beautifully animated as is. That's what makes them so stunning. But it would be beautiful to see like the world of Atlantis and the worlds of like Treasure Planet brought to life either as a series or like maybe like a trilogy of movies because you could yeah. really go in there and get deep with the stories. What about what about you, CJ? Do you do you have any? I, I'm sure you have a list. I, I'm convinced that there is a list somewhere that you are already writing scripts. Yeah, for. I uh, I think one. Okay, technically not a remake, but an idea I've had. Uh, King Arthur movie, or rather the Knights of the Round Table, because we've we know we know all about King Arthur's life and death. How did he get all these guys to work together? And it's wild because. In Arthurian lore, a lot of these guys have superpowers. Like, um, Sir Galahad was apparently super strong as long as he was a virgin. True story. And uh, Sir Merrick was a werewolf. Yes, there is a Knight of the World Table that's a damn werewolf. I'm just like, how is that? Ye old Avengers. How is that not? Pitch it to Powerhouse. (laughs) What you're telling me, Powerhouse, if you are listening... Here is the next project. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, powerhouse. I, I got I got a pitch for you. Hit me up. I mean, especially because you could really go there deep with like the drama. Mm-hmm. With like what's what's the one woman that like there's like uh Morgana? Morgana Le no, Fay, Arthur's sister, yes. yeah. Yes. So like cause there it's been done in at, like, I, I anime. thought you were gonna go the other way with that. Was it Gu- Guinevere. Guinevere? I was thinking of Guinevere too. Guinevere, like, yeah, see, there's the whole thing. Like how did she was that, wasn't that the whole bit was it yes, Lancelot, Lancelot was yes. in love with her and then they did it and the whole tryst. We got drama, we got action, powers, magic. This was the original man. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so t- taking a bit of a, a, a right turn on all this mm-hmm. where we you know in like what we'd like to see but i guess you know thinking about it from the other side is you know given that and, and cj you kind of correctly called this out the original ips like almost exist in a, in a realm where they're essentially a, a you know a bit of a risk it's it's almost quite conservative to kind of like even choose you know it, it's it's a risk like going after the original ips like do you think they can survive in the current landscape? Like, how how do they even attempt to break through the noise of constant franchises and sequels and you know these big blockbusters? What do they do? It all it's all up to the studio heads. Like, you gotta take a chance. Like, every big franchise started out of risk. Star Wars, risk. Jaws, risk. Mm-hmm. Andy Jones, risk. The entire Marvel Cinematic Universe was a risk because Iron Man was a B lister at the time and. Look at it now. Mm-hmm. You got to take those jumps. Yeah. And sometimes they'll pay off. See everything everywhere all at once. Free guy. Yeah. Um, since since we're talking about reboots, remakes, and uh, revivals, and we've got that theme of uh, triple R. Also, R-R-R. Uh, 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 exactly, no. yes. yes. So good. Because somebody took a chance on that, and it became a global phenomenon. So it, up, it's up, it should be up to the studios to take Squ- more chances. Quick games. Oh, Squid Games, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I, oh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, CJ, if you were just No, 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 go ahead, Asia. I feel like what's been great about seeing a lot of Webtoon series um, get ad- ad- adapted into live action or animated series is that, like, these Webtoon series are already wildly popular. Like, they're wildly popular and huge. So, like, they already have an audience. And I think that's a great way for it to, like, cut through the noise. Because, like, when people heard that Sweet Home or, like, All of Us Are Dead um, and other ones are getting, like, adapted. Shoot, I'm still waiting for Laura Olympus to be adapted because that was announced three mm-hmm. years ago. And I am excited. But the point is, it's just, like, it. I think that helps. But it, it, it kind of sucks. It's like a double-edged sword, you know? Like, here you are, an artist. You, like, you have this great idea for this project. And you want to create a webcomic about it first. And it's like, I don't think it's that the end goal is to make it a live action. Shout out to a previous episode we did. But it's almost like sometimes that's the path some people probably have to take is like, let me turn it into a webcomic or a comic. um, Or like try to get this book published. And then maybe I can turn, I can finally turn my dream of it being a film or a movie, I mean, a film or a TV series into a reality. So it's like. So I, 
I really like what you're saying here because, and I've actually promoted this for years, and I, I've got a couple of scriptwriter friends out in LA, and I've, I've said the same thing. I was like, they, they struggle to try and get the scripts out there, and I was mm-hmm. like, you should really take a stab at trying to convert this into a comic series yep. and get an artist because I was like, essentially what you're doing is putting concept, like a visual concept on top of a script and then you're going out and if it sells well and it gets an audience invincible yep. yeah like you're building a, a, a base of fans that to at least say like look this is proven this is tested mm-hmm. yeah. and there is a number of comics out there that are getting that kind of treatment um Donnie, I think Donny Cates yeah. has got uh, a couple of things that are being yeah. adapted into shows or movies. Um, God Country. I know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, God Country. Uh, Rodney Barnes, I think he's Philadelphia. Getting, uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, I believe that's being adapted. There's there's a number of comics. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, again. Image Comics is apparently, from what I hear, one of the most uh, sought after for deals and stuff because they're creator owned yeah. comics, so the creators can. Right strike up deals and yeah. stuff and that kind of piggybacks off nation's mm. point like uh you have this original story that can also you know be adapted and has a base yeah right cause... and it, it's 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 interesting then you know you know outside of that because like you said there there is also a lot of video game adaptations happening i mean there's i'm sure we can all name a couple of video games we'd love to see adapted just because they're fun stories mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, outside of like comics and video games, like however you're getting your work out there, I mean, it's always kind of surprising then when you see something like everything everywhere all at once or something like The Menu mm-hmm. or The Banshees of right. Sharon. Like they just come out of nowhere and you're just like, oh my God, these were so good. Like, and it's tough uh, to, to hear it through the noise because you've got no basis of like, well, what is this? What's right. it about? Is it good? And I think that's when you know if you're, you're you're listening to this and you you need a basis like kind of when maybe it's a, a good idea to find a reviewer you like and see if they've seen it see what they think see what they recommend it but otherwise like you're right CJ it's kind of on the studios to to put some money in and and try and promote it like some of these things are weird I mean hell I I think a Stranger Things you know I think Netflix told the Duffer, Duffer Brothers when that first came out like we think it's good we really like it like. And it might grow over time, but we're not expecting it to be a huge hit. And it just took off. I mean, yeah. the three of us have, have, are obviously big fans. We did a, a YouTube mm-hmm. review. Go check that out. Um, but again, they, they were told they didn't think it would be like that successful. And it, obviously, it's because I think um, part two of season four, yeah. I think it was, was one of the yeah. most watched things on Netflix last year. So look at it now i mean it's it's huge and right. it's launched the careers of a number of people from mm-hmm. that show um you just never know like you said cj i, I think you just have to take a chance you sometime. gotta take a leap of faith oh. yeah yeah i mean you, you're gonna have a few duffs come up every now and again that's life it could be timing i mean oh yeah timing plays know. a large part and stuff like yeah. uh and it's tough it really is i also tough. would say like I think another thing is like because an i like an original idea fails does not mean that they are worse or like that they are bad. It's just that yeah. like they, they can fail and it, and it's not like see I should have told I told you we should have gone with the remake. No, like yeah. there's gonna be things that fail. Original ideas aren't always gonna like be you know loved immediately. Like I think of like the first Mario movie, the the live action one. I love yeah. that movie, but people hate it. Like Bob Ho- Bob Hoskins, man. I love it. I love it so much. But like people Well, I would I was gonna say there's plenty of those films. Like I think of the original Blade Runner when it came out, it bombed. That was a Ridley Scott one. And then that he he was forced to make changes onto that mm-hmm. to make it more appeasing for a cinematic audience. And he was like, No, this is what this isn't what I shot and he released his director's cut and it was one of those just weird cult classics as far as like, everyone, everyone says you've got to watch the director's cut. It's a different film. It's, yeah. it's really enjoyable. So like, yeah, sometimes these things don't hit first time around. It, again, timing, promotion, PR. There's so many different elements that can go into this as far as what's it competing with at the, at the cinema yeah. as well. Like what's going on politically with the landscape? People just might not be going. 
All right. Well, that was a fantastic conversation. And if you've got thoughts uh, and any of any of the questions we've asked or any of the ideas we put forward, we would love to hear from you. So make sure you reach out to us either in our Discord or on Twitter. We're always reachable. But it's time for our third section of the podcast. What have we been watching uh, recently? What have we been reading, playing? CJ, I'll let you take it off. What I have been watching, The Last of Us, which probably falls under the RRR genre, but it is very well done. It expands on the game in new and great ways. And Pedro Pascal is running this game, game y'all. Man has this and The Mandalorian. and best uh, life. Love it. Yes, and he's such a great actor. Like, the guy sounds like an actual Texan. And I should know, because I'm a Texan, so... Good stuff. Also, Bella Ramsey is great, and this last episode was just phenomenal. What I am reading, uh, comic book-wise, I have read the Scarlet Witch series. If you guys like WandaVision or just comics in general, check it out. Uh, I also am reading... Uh, also, on our Turtles thing, if you guys like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, check out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin. It's really great, really dystopian oh, nice. and good stuff. But yeah, that's what I've been reading and watching. Nice. Nisha? Yeah, so shout out to no one. I'm still playing God of War, Ragnarok, and I have no signs of stopping Boy. at all. At all. But I did find, I did download a new game. I did find out that with the upgraded PlayStation Plus, I can get the Sly Cooper trilogy. Um, but sadly, I just someone just told me something about like the PlayStation Plus going away soon so i'm confused yes yeah it's it's disappearing so whatever's available there now you can grab and it's just the catalog so like there's a couple of extra games on the ps plus catalog that's going away so you can download them and keep them um so while they're there and i think there's the original god of war like the last of us is on there so you can get those all for free and put them in your i need to go buy a terabyte cool (laughs) that's tomorrow's plan but um just watching i've been watching villain saga that's been new um and i've been reviewing that for the site uh gonna be honest with y'all the first four episodes were like a slow burn but this last episode definitely picks things up a little bit so watch it let's let's just just go watch it i i'm very intrigued to see where this arc is going and then lastly just other stuff um it's 28 days of black cosplay month you know keep an eye out for more cosplays yeah cj i've been seeing yours so like that's been dope um but you know go support a black cosplayer or other cosplayers of color um and i'll be doing some new ones this month as well nice nice yeah i haven't it's weird i haven't really been watching much i i know i reviewed uh the bad batch season two for the site uh season two's really good an improvement bad batch it's so much fun Mm -hmm. um but i've also i i so this is a, a weird parent moment for me, and you know I'm one of the older people on the site, but like, so I've got I've got three young kids, and they, they've never really shown much interest in Star Wars. It's always been like, oh, it's dad's thing. And with kids, no. they tend not to like follow parents stuff. They want to rebel a bit. Like even when you're like something as simple as Star Wars, like nah, it's a, that's weird. It's dad's thing. Um, so they, I got them into watching the Mandalorian, and they slowly became obsessed with it we watched through season one season two and they're like well what happens to grogu at the end oh. so i was like oh well if you're interested we could watch book of boba fett because it was like it does tie in and it sets up for season three and they're like okay and they've not really been again my i've got twin boys who are nine going on ten and then a, a daughter who's just turned eight so like they've not really been into like they like the animated stuff and like they've not really been into more of the you know, the, the big franchise or the adult type stuff. So this is the first time they've kind of gotten into anything. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten so obsessed with it and they've got so many questions that they actually want to watch, sit and watch the movies. So I am living for my dad moment right now that the fact that my kids are obsessed and loving Star Wars. So I've got plans to to start zipping through some of the movies with them as far as we're going to start with A New Hope and go, and go through it. So I'm, I'm excitedly kind of reliving uh, my youth uh, through them and watching this so it's it's been good fun um but outside of that i have been playing uh horizon zero dawn so um good. and i'm just obsessed with it it's it's so 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 so, so, so good and 
I can absolutely see talking about reboots, revivals, and remakes why this is being adapted into a show because my god, it's as a game, it's phenomenal. There's just so much to do in it. It really mm-hmm. is like because I, you know, nation. I think of like God of War, like it's kind of like a semi-open world. You can yeah. go so far, but it really does trap you in. But like with something like Horizon Zero Dawn, like you, you really can go anywhere and it's there's like so endless. many side quests. I... Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's nice as well because I like how like you've got little secret things in the game, mm-hmm. but they don't hide it from you. You can like go out and like, oh, we'll sell you the map for it if you go to a trader, and you can like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I do want to go on these side quests, and I can buy the map, and it's not like I have to like, oh, hey, I found this thing. How many of them are there? And I have to look it up on like the internet to find the map of them. Yeah, um, like you could, they just make it a little easier. Like, hey, if you want to go explore, go. It's over there. Like, and it, right. it's kind of. It's kind of nice, but yeah, and the story's cool. I I like the the. I don't, I don't really. Care it like that, evolves you know, with a, you because like even the decisions, like yeah. how you communicate with people, will affect your yeah. story and your personality, and like yeah. oh, it's just so good. And then like the futuristic aspect, like it's mm-hmm. it's tri- it's tribal, and it feels kind of like you know you're it's set way out in the future, but it's to a point where societies collapse. But mm-hmm. these these robotic machines that still roam the land and it's crazy like and again i love the concept designs of the machines it's just a it really is a fun game and it's it's like i i've seen the horizon forbidden west obviously because that's the 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 new sequel that was out just recently but Mm -hmm. i can't believe there wasn't more noise at the time i didn't hear anything about horizon zero dawn but like playing it i'm like this game is just phenomenal and i'm playing it on the playstation 5 and it just it, it it to me, still feels so new. Like I, again, I'm just I'm astounded that like this game had just passed me by with no. It noise. sucks you in, honestly. Honestly, I cannot play yeah. that game in pitch blackness. Oh, um, yeah. especially if oh, really? if it's a, if you're playing at night because of the sawtooth level. I was like, nope, not getting me. Uh-huh. Anytime you turn your focus on, like the audio just gets so loud, and you you can hear, especially yeah. when you buy like a thunder jaw. You feel like the room's shaking. You're like, Jesus. Yep, I love it. Oh, yeah. No, good game. Really, really enjoying that so far. So, uh, But that's our show. Thank you so much for listening in. If you like what we're doing, please don't forget to drop us a like, subscribe, retweet, or a review. Don't forget to check us out on Rotten Tomatoes now as well. Whoop, whoop. Um, whatever support we can get, we will take. Uh, make sure to check out the site, our YouTube channel, Twitch, and if you want to keep the conversation going, of course, you can always find us on the But Why Though Discord, chatting about the latest in pop culture news. Uh, that link is discord.gg slash though. We are available on desktop, and you can find us on the Discord app. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at ButWhyThoughPC, while Twitter is still a thing. Who knows how long that's going to last. Um, CJ, where can the people find you if they want to check out more of your stuff? You can find me on, you can find me on Twitter at CJWritesThings, on Instagram and TikTok at CJWritesStuff. You can Google my name, Collier Jennings, and pull up all my written work for ButWhyThough, as well as Collider, IGN, Slash Film, Adventures in Poor Taste, AIPP, and CBR. And, uh, yeah. Nice. What about you, Nisha? Where's your laundry list of things? Real quick, I just want to say, CJ, your new thing should just say, Google me, baby. Google me, baby. I'm going to do that. There you go. There you go. I'm just, just, there you go. Um, That's the tagline. (laughs) Um, But yeah, y'all can find me on uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Nisha Plays. You can check out my cosplays. I post um, stuff that I'm writing or any projects that I'm working on. Um, But yeah, and then also you can find all my writing on butwhythough.net and a few other places. You can Google me also. But (laughs) most of my main (laughs) writing and reviews is on butwhythough.net for anime, manga, and honestly, if it's One Piece, I probably am the one who wrote it. And yeah. You know, we did a whole show on reboots, remakes, and revivals. And you've got one coming out for One Piece. And you mentioned nothing about it. Because I, I'm I, trying I, to do good, but I'm already wearing a One Piece. <laughs> I feel like every time I, I record, I'm wearing a One Piece merch. <laughs> and it's already bad enough that y'all are just like... So who's going to write the One Piece show? I'm like, it's going to be me. <laughs> it's going to be me. <laughs> <sighs> all right 
I've been your host, Aaron. You can find me at BritishCPA on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find all my writing at the Bowilo site and find me featured on some of the Twitch and YouTube reviews. Uh, if that's not enough, you can try and find me in the Bowilo Discord as well. I'm never far away. Uh, that's it for this week. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.